So happy to have you here today, Michelle. Yeah, I'm happy to be here. I got a bowl of fruit and it's good. So thank good. you. <laughs> I feel like it's so bare. Like I needed a different color fruit in mm -hmm. there. I love it. Oh, awesome. I appreciate you. Oh, appreciate you. So Michelle, we're going to get into all the things that you've done. The reason, the reason I asked you here today mm. is because you are someone that I know to really deliver. And you, as you said, you're a woman of your word. And mm -hmm. career-wise, you deliver on what you say you're going to do and what you intend to do from my perspective. Mm -hmm. We met, well, we actually met before then. I remember you were in a class. Mm -hmm. I think it was like the Punch, Goofy, and Swoop class. Probably. And you were just like killing it. And I'm around people who kill it a lot, but you were extra killing it. And I was like, you're great. And then I saw you, I sound like such a groupie. And then I saw you in Carnival. But that speaks to how you are as a dancer. For Roro, he had an artist. And I was like, oh my God, she's killing it. I didn't actually, I kind of did remember that you were the same person. Right. <laughs> and then we had the same conversation that you're from the East Coast. Mm -hmm. You grew up in Jersey? Yeah. Cool. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, oh, we've had this conversation mm -hmm. before. Then we really met when Zay Northy, shout out to Zay, yeah. had a concept video. Mm -hmm. And what I noticed is how you're very humble and you're very nice and very talented. And we don't always get all those things together. <laughs> <laughs> I remember you talking about you were doing a web series mm -hmm. and what you had in the works. And then in the next year, I see you're working with Spike Lee. Yeah. And I was like, drop the mic. <laughs> so before, <laughs> before we get to that, how mm -hmm. did you get into the arts? What sparked that? Yeah. Um, again, thank you for having me. For sure. It started when, at a very young age, for sure, this is definitely all things entertainment is what I've been wanting to do. Since I was a little girl, of course, like, you know, the baby gymnastics slash dance camps, you know, my mom put me in at a really young age, but I started to really take it serious on a professional level when I entered my performing arts high school in New Jersey. In our high school, we had to study all three fields. And so, of course, dance, voice, and acting. And from 14, I knew, okay, at some point, I'm going to move to LA and do this. Mm -hmm. And then after that, I was accepted into Towson University as a dance major. Did that and had an incredible college experience. Uh, halfway through, I really started being like, okay, I know I want to dance. At that time, I was like, okay, I want to. I know I want to launch my career as a commercial dancer, mm -hmm. dancing for artists. For those who don't know what commercial dancer is, and so um, I would go to the city like after biology. I would like catch the bus from Baltimore to New York. Which is three hours, yeah, right? Yeah, three hours, yeah. I come back. Like, there's still girls who would be like, I remember when I used to take your notes. Like, they'll write me. <laughs> and my summers, spend summers doing, like, their summer intensives and such. And halfway through, I started working with the first artist that I worked with. And then just from there, I just was balancing being in Baltimore and being in New York so that I had somewhat of a foundation in my, like, pinky toe in the door of what was to come when I graduated college. And then once I graduated college, I, you know, was back in Jersey City and I just was, I fully emerged myself into New York and just 24-7, all thing arts and dance was my focus, but I still would take voice lessons and I still would take acting lessons. I didn't go on auditions for them, but I would still take the lessons um, because I knew the importance of being skilled in all three fields. And... Yeah, then eventually after just working with great choreographers and having agency and really great experiences as a dancer, I just was like, okay, it's time to go to the Mecca, which is LA. Yep. LA is the Mecca of entertainment. And 
yeah, now it's been four and a half years, and it has just been a whirlwind of, of, of so many different experiences mm-hmm. and working in every field, dancer, singer, actor, and it's, it's very humbling and a lot of fun. Good. Yeah. I have so many questions. I'm excited to yeah. dive into this. Yes. When you were taking your vocal acting and dance classes in New York, what did that look like in terms of like hours spent, places you went, what acting studio did you go to? Yeah. I um I just I don't now when I look back on it I'm like how, where when did I sleep but I really did work on it all the time and the thing is I used to work for this call center where you could work from home so I would like spend all day like doing my lessons and such and then I would go home and work from like eleven to six in the morning eleven to Whoa. seven in the morning at this call center that you were able to work from home because I worked for them during college and so I had I was able to now work from home because I had been there over a certain amount of time but yeah I would take probably at minimum like three classes a day at Broadway Dance Center or, or Steps. And the acting class I went to, it was actually a specific teacher. His name is Mr. Moody, which... Stop it! Yes. You had that conversation? No, we never had that conversation. Mr. Moody! But I'm just thinking about it because you said you went to LaGuardia. That's my junior teacher. Yeah, so I had him... James and, Moody! Yes, James Moody, who was fantastic. Oh my God. He was God. my acting coach in my... Yeah, my first like really like professional outside of school acting coach and so he we would just be at um what was the name of the studio I can't think of the studio but it was kind of like he he would block out it was Mr. Moody yeah it was Mr. Moody (laughs) yeah so that was fantastic and then vocally I would train with Adam Shank I don't know if you know Adam yeah yeah I I would go to Cheryl Murakami's class exactly he used to dance a lot as well when he was really heavy into his music and performing and such and so I would go to his house and sometimes it got hard though like I remember one time with Adam he was like I can't coach you anymore because you're always canceling because I would have like auditions or you know what I mean so I you know I did have to at some point be like okay let me just focus on this for right now you know but then when I came to LA I was like I'm for sure getting an acting class it's like I know I have to do it and I did it very quickly after I moved here so being out here that's so cool and I can't so you don't sleep okay got that no I don't (laughs) how many hours of sleep do you need you're supposed to get eight but I the way I I try to at least get six okay because I have a theory. Because I, I really need, like, nine and a half, I swear. Mm-hmm. But some people, they just go and go and go, and I'm like, you're an alien. Yeah. I say it with love. Yeah. Like, I want to be an alien. Mm-hmm. But... <laughs> and then it's like, during the day, you find your little spurts to, like, nap. Yes. You know. Okay, naps. <laughs> Note to self, naps. Naps, yeah. So out here in L.A., there's this, like, debate sometimes of class versus no class versus how much class how does that look for you your training schedule with acting Mm. out here well for me I submerged myself in it because again my focus had been dance so much and that's Mm -hmm. where I was so I knew I needed to submerge myself in acting classes just to get more comfortable with my speaking and kind of really holding everything on my own because as an actor it's you're you're just open it's full vulnerability and it's just all eyes on you and I knew I had to get comfortable in doing that and so, I mean, for me, I took two different acting classes um, simultaneously for about a year straight. So um, how often yeah. were you in the studio, the acting studio? So twice a week, okay. you know. Um, but in in the acting class, though, you figure you're there about three hours, you know. Mm-hmm. And that was in the midst of me still working as a dancer, though. <laughs> so yeah, I was just trying to balance it all out, but. It worked out, you know. I, I think when it comes to do, I think you have to take acting classes to be a great actor. No, I don't. 
But for me, I had to, it was a level of being comfortable Mm -hmm. and practice of working with the same partner and being directed by an acting coach and just seeing things through another perspective, another lens, if someone's directing you and maybe you're not reading yourself. And honestly, just being inspired by the the people in the class. I, I think if anything, it's like being able to see other people and little things that they do and being able to like borrow and add your own little saffron on it (laughs) I think that that's very important after a while though you know working for a bit just on the craft not even auditioning you know and then starting to work as an actor now I'm in a very different place where I'm more so like okay I kind of have my my thing that I have that's going Mm -hmm. and so I'm kind of taking a break on classes just for now just so that I don't overly analyze the technique and I don't overly you know so because I know that my authenticity that I bring to the table is very you know unique for me and and from me and so I don't want to lose that that's something that's very important to me so I I do things like read Mm -hmm. and I do things like really pay attention and be observant A lot of actors, if you notice, if you watch their actor studios, they're very well-spoken, they're very bright, they're very smart, they're very swift, very smart, it's because they read. Mm. And I think that those make the best actors, smart actors. I concur. What do you like to read? And what are you reading right now? I'm in a bit of a motivational space, so like The Alchemist, yeah, and The Year of Yes, which is by Shonda Rhimes, and like 48 Laws of Power, kind of like going back to the those kind of foundational things in terms of business, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Um, because just I, read it. Yeah, I'm going back to reading it now just because there's a lot of just, I definitely consider myself an entrepreneur, so I'm just taking the necessary steps to start that, you know, get a corporation and understand mm-hmm. money and wealth and, you know, the best ways to do that and to start your company and your empire and such. So those are kind of like the two things, definitely heavily into African culture and knowing more about my lineage and my ancestors and the people who started life on earth, you know, in the continent of Africa that really just excites me. I think it's the symbolism and things like that are really great. Different religions and such, I think Buddhism is really cool. You know, I'm, I don't identify with any religion. But I'm definitely very spiritual, so I like to kind of, like, learn different things from all the different great books of the universe. Yeah. (laughs) And be like, oh, that's cool. Okay, right. Yeah, so. Oh, awesome. Yeah. I love it. I feel like (laughs) my brain just went to, like, I want to start a book club. (laughs) I've been trying to for, like, a year and a half. Yeah. I think that's one thing that I find with dancers at times is, and this isn't all dancers by no means. I never like to put anybody in a box or say all or whatever but I find that was one thing that I felt was always different about me and in some terms when I got into conversations with dancers maybe coming from going to college like not a lot of dancers even come from going to college not saying that that makes anyone less smart which is just different life experiences that is harder for me to connect with maybe some dancers are just their life is just 1000 percent just dance and who's the choreographer and who's the best dancer and who's the class and who's whatever whereas i'm coming from i also experience life you know what i mean yes. i like to read and i like to travel and i like to you know my dance is a gift that god has given me yes but it's not my whole entire being where it's you know i can't talk about anything else and so i've found that my dance circle of friends never really was like huge mm-hmm. and in terms of people that i really was close with just because the level of of communication was just not the same especially now that I'm older you know I'm 28 now so 
it, a lot of times it's very different. I'm I kind of just more so I'll kind of just listen or you know like yeah okay like, you know. But in terms of a lot of the dancers that I'm inspired by or who have inspired me, again they're very smart. They have really great life experiences, and you know the conversation is just very different. And I think that dancers could really evolve more. Mm-hmm. If they dipped and dabbed in other things as well as just... I completely understand what you're saying. I remember mm-hmm. coming out here and you have just a lot of really intense... You got to do this, like, yeah. eat, breathe, sleep, yeah. don't sleep. Which I do get what you it, gotta but... Do. Yeah. But th- mm-hmm. I believe as well, and for acting, mm-hmm. I, I feel like you... I love hearing that because I think it's so important to live life and we're humans first. Mm-hmm. And it gets forgotten sometimes Mm -hmm. who are some of the dancers that you're speaking of or choreographers that you're inspired by yeah I mean definitely like Lisette Bustamante Mm -hmm. I love her I've only really met her once or talked to her maybe one time but I just from afar I've always just admired her you know and the little glimpse that I see on social media just it seems like again her life experiences add layers to her artistry Mm. Seanette Hurd who is a filmmaker on top of wow. a, a very accomplished dancer choreographer. Again, in communication with her, talking and sitting with her, taking her class. Just a smart, just a smart woman, you know. Mm. Who else? Uh, so many different people. I love Ava Bernstein, who's also a good friend of mine. Um, she's a journalist on top of being an incredible dancer. Wow. You know, so if you actually sit and talk to her, she she's very well spoken she knows she, she knows a lot about a lot of things mm-hmm. um so again and then you then you watch her dance and you're like ah that's why you dance that way you know or that's why you have this extra thing about you but i just find it's just fantastic let me think about some men just, just to balance it out <laughs> the gentleman who runs ml yes so i think that he is and i don't know him from anything i don't I, I don't want to, Sean, right? Yeah, I Sean Aristo. Yeah. He's him and I think his brother. Yeah, I think Samuel, you're right. Okay. They have a team mm-hmm. that's awesome. I um. But I should get. Out I of don't here. know them personally. Yeah, I think you should definitely have that. I don't know them personally, but what I do admire is that it seems like they said, okay, hmm, how can we be new school, but then old school, but then give these these newer dancers opportunities to teach? Like I just think their whole movement lifestyle is brilliant yeah you know what I mean and not a lot of dancers are thinking about their business about their entrepreneurship and how they can really truly set up an empire for themselves and I'm sure it probably just started from let's just have our own space that's different from Millennium or Debbie's I'm sure it's just something very small but it's now just blossomed into this place where I hate saying this word but I'm saying it for lack of a better term the new kids I hate mm. saying that but we're like newer dancers can go and I think feel comfortable, you know, around some of their peers who are teaching, who are also working dancers that they may see at auditions, but they're giving them the opportunity to share their gift. And it's not, it seems in the energy there, when you go there, it is not judgment. It doesn't feel like I'm at the Millennium Dome or like Debbie is with the, yeah. you know, it's, it's, it, they're still hardworking and it's still fun. And such, and I feel like there's still something to be learned there. So I feel, I still feel like they have great education there for dancers. It's just I, I think that they did something so brilliant where they took this kind of new energy of these new style of dancing, you know, trends of dancing, and placed it, you know, at ML. And I think it's really cool. And I think it's just so brilliant, so smart. So I don't know him personally, but I from afar I definitely admire his entrepreneurship. 
Um, I think now they have conventions, they have shirts, they have, it's just, it's a business. Yeah, it's a, it's just, it's a beautiful a, one. It's a beautiful thing, and I think that's just fantastic. So I've been teaching at ML. The, the stretch <laughs> class, strengthening class. Yeah. Yes, I used to take it with CNM. I have to come yeah, stop by. Yes, um, balance. I was working out, I've been doing. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so many, uh, Brian Friedman, I, again, his entrepreneurship, and if you, I don't, if you just talk to him, and again, I've only fell in like a conversation maybe, but he's smart. He's a businessman on top of a dancer, you know what I mean? And he's so, he knows so much about dance mm. and about the world. Just, just this and a little bit that I see, you know, I peek through on social media. Like, those are the type of dancers that I think younger generational dancers should look at. Yeah. And, and somewhat model after. I'll say not, and I'm not saying model after like the people they dance with. No, I'm saying model after in terms of you know maybe where they train, how they train, and how they transition from a dancer to a, a dance business. You know, mm. I think this is quite brilliant. I want to know that. I love yeah. that. I remember looking when I was going to like looking at what schools to go to and just mm-hmm. making the choice to go to college, which yeah. wasn't really a choice. My yeah. family's like, you're gonna go. Yeah, yeah. But I was looking at where the successful dancers to me successful is really having your own business with that. Yeah. And I found that it was sometimes you had to kind of like it was a little bit sparse, but yeah. the ones that have made it, it's mm-hmm. so inspiring. Yeah, it's super cool. Yeah. It's super cool. When, so I don't know. Do you feel like can you say that you've transitioned into acting, even though you've been doing acting the whole time? Or can you speak a little bit about that choice, that time when you're like, okay, I'm going to push acting and how that's been for you, conflicts, if any? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it definitely, I do fully say I probably, I, I want to never say, I think you should never say never, but I couldn't see myself at this moment dancing for artists ever again. Mm. That's number one. Number two is, yeah, I definitely had to balance because, you know, then there's the reality of you still want to make money, you know what I mean? You still have to live and support yourself. Uh, So it really, for me, I always just felt like in terms of acting, I had to say, okay, well, there's certain limitations I'm going to put on my dancing, which was I wasn't going to tour like a full, like, be gone three months because I knew that that would take me out of my acting, you know, rhythm if you will. And you've toured with uh, Alicia Keys, right? I was Alicia Keys stand-in for her tour. Oh, wow. Was that <laughs> yeah, fun? Yeah, it was so fun. Um, yeah, so I was her stand-in for that uh, Set the World on Fire tour, which was that incredible. like a blast. Yeah, it was so fun. But yeah, that was just during the tour prep for that month and a half. Uh-huh. I didn't go on the road with them. You know, and I, but at that time, I definitely was fully like, if, if I got a tour at that time where yeah. I was at, then I would have gone. Yeah. <laughs> it was only until really 2000, the top of 2015, last year, I just was like, okay, I know this is what I want to do. I know that with dancing, I'm, I'm hitting a cap in terms of where my heart is Ooh. in it. And okay, these, these are the restrictions I'm going to put and the restrictions are, okay, I'm not going to tour it. It takes me away. And that's kind of just where I, I started. And then the moment I did that, my acting career took off. <laughs> Whoa. You know what I mean? The moment that I was like, I'm, I made the sacrifice of not being, not going or doing what I was used to doing or comfortable with doing or what a lot of people around me were doing or even what the younger self of me dreamt of doing. Yeah. You know what I mean? I felt like the universe placed me into position to not only do something bigger, but bigger 
on a bigger platform and allowing me to see my full worth in my in my gift mm-hmm. more i don't i didn't really fully understand it as a dancer when i was just only chasing dance because when i look back on it my whole thing was dancing for someone behind someone you know what i mean it it i never really put too much emphasis on my worth mm-hmm. uh, until I really started getting into acting and understanding like dang I'm, I have a lot to offer this world and it's more than just dancing behind someone and so I, I know that I'm going to have to slowly but surely kind of cut this loose that's poignant was it yeah. scary at all very it's very because it's like how are you going to be turning down <laughs> jobs or opportunities and you don't even know what's coming next but that's the thing about faith in your gift and yourself and in the universe rewarding you for sacrifice. Whenever you sacrifice anything, whether you sacrifice eating bad food, what you get? A snatch body. You sacrifice, <laughs> you know what I mean? Anytime you sacrifice anything, the universe rewards you. Mm. And anyone listening to this podcast, you yourself, you, I bet you if you lay it tonight when you're going to sleep you think about the things that you sacrificed or you said no to and you think about the reward that you got from it it's always way bigger than what you were going to than what you're going to do in the first place Mm -hmm. you know so I always try to keep that going in the back of my mind and so yeah it was very difficult it was very challenging because I didn't know what was going to be next I didn't know I was about to work with Spike Lee that definitely was not (laughs) nowhere near you know in my thought process and you know to be quite frank you know, I thought it would just take a lot longer. You know what I mean? I, I didn't know anything. So, it was, yeah, it was very scary, but there's reward in, in conquering fears and, mm-hmm. and, and all of that. So, Oh, how, yeah. if you could walk us from, like, A to Z, how did you get to work with Spike Lee? Mm-hmm. And what was it like? Yeah. Yeah. Well, at the time, I it was the top of 2015. I had... <laughs> The the December twenty fourteen I had been let go from a job at, at a gym because I left to go I left two hours early to go to a J Lo audition. I never forget this. And and the boss was like, if you leave then unfortunately and I was just like, It's just two hours, I'm trying to get someone to cover all week. It was like a whole thing and I was just like, It's just two hours, I've been working here two years, damn near. And so anyways, and I was just like, Well, I'm never gonna pick a job over my passion, so I'm out. So I got fired. And so then that was that. And then at the top of 2015, I had started working at this after school program. It was going great. I was teaching dance. It was cool, you know, just a couple of hours. It wasn't really a whole lot, but it was something. And my car broke down. So then it was just so far. It was on the west side. It was well on the other side of town. It was just too much for the bus. It ain't New York City busing out here. And I just was like, I'm spending more. I'm only at this after school program for three hours. I'm spending more time in travel than actually there. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I'm not going to do this. I, I don't believe in like working backwards. That just doesn't make any sense to me. So I was sitting you know, around at that point with no car, no money really you know what I mean and just kind of like I don't know what I want to do I want to act but I don't want to dance but nothing's happening you know and then all of a sudden I booked for all the Grammys and I'm like oh okay but then I was like ah, I need to find a job because that that check's gonna do no down so I got this job at a call center because I worked in call centers <laughs> before so I'm like okay let me go back to what I know right so I get the job at the call center but then the Pharrell thing comes up and they're like no worries you can start next week so I do Pharrell Grammys it's amazing great 
at the Grammys on Sunday, Monday morning, I'm in training week at a call center. Right? Imagine that just... Oh, yeah. That dynamic. Yeah. And I'm sure everyone gets it. And so we're starting training week. And then my, at the time, my theatrical agent was like, oh, we have an audition for you tomorrow. And I'm like, ah, dang, it's training week. Like, how am I going to, you know, training week on a job. You can't miss no days. You know what I mean? So I'm like, how am I going to finagle this? So the audition was up the street from where the call center was. It was on Wilshire. And so I'm like, okay, I'll just go during my lunch break. It's a little earlier than my appointment, but I'll just go during my lunch break. Girl, I get there during my lunch break, and Cassie Director's like, oh, no, we're not seeing people until 2 o'clock. And she closed the door in my face. And I was like, dang, okay. So I call my agent. He's like, okay, don't worry about it. Just put yourself on tape. I'm like, all right, cool. So I go That's home. That's a nice agent. Right. So I go home trying to figure it out. And then he calls me as I'm starting to put myself on tape. He's like, hey, actually, they said they'll, they'll see you tomorrow. It's cool. And I'm like, dang. So then I went home, and I was like, I have to quit this job. I know I only worked here a day, two days, but I was like, my entire, from college up until that point, get 26 at the top of last year, and I had always done these amazing jobs with these amazing artists as a dancer, and blessing and running around, and then going back to a job. Like, I felt like it was always like, ah, I wanna hide, and you just go back to a job. Mm. So I was like, I have to stop doing this, and I know this doesn't make any sense, I don't have the money, I don't have a car, I'm lifting, but about to overdraw my account, like, it's just, it was too much. Anyways, I go, so I go into the job the next day, and like, I'm so sorry, but I, I just have to leave. Like, I know I won't be of service here. And they were like, all right, cool, whatever. They gave me my check. It was like $78 for my little two days. And then I go to the audition. I do it, and I leave the audition. And I felt good, though, about my decision. I'm like, even though my back was up against the wall and I didn't have anything, mm-hmm. I felt good about my decision for standing my ground. Next day, I know a couple of days later, I get a call back. So I'm like, okay, cool. Now, mind you, at this time, this is an untitled project. The director is not released. It's a non-union project. I don't even know what I'm auditioning for. <laughs> I didn't quit a job. You know what I mean? Like, just doing the most. <laughs> I get, you know, the call back, whatever. So then, a couple of days later, my agent's like, okay, they're having the final call back. If you book it, you, uh, you leave for San Francisco the next day. And by the way, Spike Lee is directing it. I was like, what? <laughs> what? So then that next morning, I was like, it's go time. Like, in my mind, I was like, I'm not leaving without this job. That's just all I could think. Mm-hmm. And so I went and, you know, got down to the final round. And girls are leaving. And then I just look around and it's just me. And, uh, yeah, so that was the NBA 2K16 video game film. And we left for San Francisco the next day. I spent the whole month out there you know, shooting the thing. And then it was an incredible experience. And, you know, Spike Lee's definitely a true artist and he's definitely about doing the work and he's definitely old school in the sense of, you know, creating a character background for yourself and a week of rehearsals before you start shooting. Like, he's definitely old school in that sense. You don't really just jump into the film like a a lot of things are kind of now. They don't really give that extra time for rehearsals. Spike Lee is like, that's his method. And I I really love that. And, um... You know, he's from Brooklyn, he's, and, he's, and he's cool, and he has his ways, but he has his ways for a reason, mm-hmm. and he's who he is for a reason, and it, one thing that I definitely took from him is that he stands strong in what he believes in, and his artistry, mm-hmm. and I think that that's just freaking fantastic, and he, he's not afraid for no one to like it. Mm-hmm. I think that's so dope. Everyone is so consumed with everyone else's opinions, and you have this man who's like, 
his wife could tell him, like, I don't really like it. And he's like, yeah, I don't care. You know what I mean? If he likes it, he'll hear out opinions, but he always trusts his gut, and that's something I definitely took from him. And then I came back, and a couple of weeks later, they called me in for Chirac, and, uh, you know, I went in and auditioned, and I booked the role, and then I spent all summer in Chicago shooting a film with A-list actors, and, so, and, and I had a lead supporting role in it. He gave me a lead supporting role in my first, like, for real film. Uh-huh. And it's just, it's it, when I think back on it, it's, it's mind-blowing, but then I also think back, going back to that moment where my back was up against the wall, I didn't have much, I didn't know what was coming. It was an untitled project, the director wasn't released, you know, released. So, but what I knew was I couldn't keep doing the same old thing. Mm. I couldn't keep doing all these, God blessing me with all these amazing things, or universal, whatever you believe in, Allah, Buddha, whoever, blessing you with these amazing opportunities. And then you're just going back to this job mm. or a job that just doesn't, I mean, it's cool, but you, you're a slave to it in a sense. And I just was like, I'm never working a job again. Job means just over broke. Ooh. And I was just like, I'm just never doing that. I, I don't know. It's like, I don't care what I have to do. I, I just, I'm not. I'm going to trust in my gift and the universe. It's going to reward me. And it has. And it still is. You know? That's powerful. Yeah. I have, like, chills. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely, that's my testimony. You know, I didn't have anything. And when it comes to, I always have this, like, question and thank you for sharing this mm-hmm. like so openly yeah when it comes to work and you're new in LA or mm-hmm. it's a tough time financially yeah I have my friends who are like I will only do my plan a i.e my yeah. career yeah and my friends you know who are like I'm gonna do both mm-hmm. you gotta pay my rent yeah do you believe in one over the other do you feel like there's just a certain time and you know when you stop doing a side job what, what's your view on side jobs yeah I think you just there's a certain time when you know. Mm-hmm. So you have to understand, I've, I've always worked a job since I was 15 years old. Yeah. So it took me until I was 26. You know what I mean? I've always balanced a job with the dance class, the acting, the singing, the running up and down, Baltimore on the bus, doing this gig, running, like... So I can't believe the Baltimore. Yeah. Oh, no, I didn't play no games. Um, <laughs> and that Baltimore bus is sketchy. Yeah. Uh, you know what I mean? So it took, what, 11 years before I was like, I can't do this no more. Mm-hmm. So I think it's just a feeling. You you feel it in in the crevice of your heart, and you're just like, nah. This this I know there's more for me. So I say, do what you gotta do. Hustle, get your hustle on, for sure. But there's gonna come a point in time where you're like, you know what? Mm-mm. And a lot of thing that dancers I feel needs to be more educated on is the type of state benefits that you get. So if you come out here and you're working a job for quite a bit and you know, let's say somehow they just laid you off. Or if you're a dancer and you've worked a, quite a few jobs and they've taxed you, mm-hmm. you can file for unemployment. You know, file for unemployment and get a little bit of that income to kind of help sustain you a little bit while you're working through your passion. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Just like, so being educated in those state benefits and the food stamp cards and all of that, there's no shame in that. That's why they take that tax money out of your checks. Mm-hmm. That's why your money be half gone when you work your little job. You know what I mean? That's what it's there for, to help you in a lot. Again, some dancers, not to say a lot, but some dancers just don't know, and they be out here on the struggle bus, and it's like, I get it, but no, there are options for you. Struggle bus. Yeah. Taking that. <laughs> yeah. You know? 
there are options. Did you have to have a conversation with your dance agent uh, when you were transitioning to acting more? Are you still with your agency? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm still with Block Talent. Shout out to Block. The hey, Block, Block is hot because I love them dearly and mm. I've been with them since New York and they've always supported me um, in all of my dreams and ambitions and it's so funny I actually I told myself I was like I'm gonna wait till like I book like a TV show where I know I gotta be like gone and then I'll sit down and have a conversation with them long behold I booked the TV show so yeah yes! I'm on a TV show yes! um, so I still have to sit down and have the conversation with them but if they send me commercial auditions that I'm interested in I'll go but I still have to sit down and have a conversation. And I'm a little sad about it because I just love them as an agency. They've been so gracious to me. I love all the agents there. I've had um, nothing but a spectacular time with them and an incredible rapport uh, with them. And, yeah, it's going to be kind of sad when it's, like, the official, like, okay, bye. But for now, I'm hanging on to just the commercials. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Has it ever... Yeah, come where you have like a dance audition and an acting audition in the same day or I'm sure. And most times I would choose the acting because I had again, it's just understanding like, okay, I know where I'm trying to go. Mm-hmm. Um, or I would look at dance auditions and be like, Okay, do I feel like this is something that I really want, that I can really book? I wasn't like it was getting to a certain point. I didn't go on just every audition too. Yeah. I was very strategic and I'm even like that in my acting career as well my manager sent me a script for an audition and I didn't like the script and so I'm not going because mm-hmm. I'm just I'm the this is just me mm-hmm. I have to be passionate about what I'm going to walk into the room and do yeah I'm not going to put my best foot forward if I'm not passionate about it um so that's something that I definitely made sure I started doing kind of like after my first year here in LA I was like okay I can't just be running around this whole entire town mm-hmm. like a chicken with no head. I need to be strategic about the type of things, the type of choreographers I want to work with, the type of work I want to do, what is what goes with my brand as an artist. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah. Yeah. Ooh, I, get, mm-hmm. I still get, I get so scared with agents. Shout out to my agency. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I get scared because I never want to disappoint. Yeah. And at the same time, like you gotta if you feel like you know you are a specific brand Mm -hmm. and that's the thing again and and i encourage this to all artists you have to understand that these agents they work for you they work for you Mm -hmm. and it's a business and so and it's a business relationship so you gotta take your feelings out of it Mm -hmm. you know i mean you have to understand okay this is the things i want this is what you're saying you provide okay now let's move forward and mm-hmm. it's really just as simple as that with your agent you should always be able to have a conversation about whatever you want to have a conversation with and i'm not saying that they're like a slave to you by no means but they do work for you mm-hmm. they how they th- how they're thriving is because of all these incredible dancers out here busting their behind in classes every day working out making sure the hair is good making sure this is good making sure that it, that's how they're being able to thrive so me having a conversation with you should never be an issue mm-hmm. because i'm out here you know what i mean mm-hmm. and i'll never forget my first agency was with clear talent i never forget this woman she said listen we get 10 percent of what you make so that means we're doing 10 percent of the work the other 90% mm-hmm. is up to you. You know what I'm saying? So if I'm doing 90% of the work and you, you doing your 10%, I'm going to have a conversation with you about whatever I need to have a conversation with you about. Mm-hmm. You know? So dancers, again, just knowing your power, you you are not 
like just this little you know you munchkin you hear that yeah you're not just like this little munchkin that just whatever your agent says and you just and i just i don't know no like be a business person you are your business you're a walking billboard you're a walking business yeah and you have to be very upfront um with them about the things you want um someone teodora rivera we trained together in New York and she's someone who's really big on that I don't remember everything verbatim but she was telling me about how she had a meeting with Block and she she said look this is my plan and had a full like slideshow thing like this is what I want in this amount of time this is what I want in this amount of time and you know that's the type of conversations you need to have with your agents so that they understand that you're not playing Hmm. this ain't just some hobby that you're just no that you're serious about this Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah it's a business it's a partnership I want to do a slideshow. Shout yeah. out to Tia. Yeah, I love her. She's she's another very powerful force she driven is. woman, um, you know, in this industry who works um, quite often. Yeah, and and she's smart. She's super intelligent. Mm-hmm. Who's on your team? In terms of what? Um, for acting, do you have someone with PR? Or I know that you recently were hosting. You've done a lot of hosting. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, do you have someone that you go for coaching for anything? Do you have anyone for styling? Mm-hmm. Even just a mentor? Absolutely. So I absolutely have a stylist. Shout out to Charlie Brianna. If you check my Instagram, I always tag her on all of my red carpet things and interviews and such. I have a manager with mm-hmm. Luba Rocklin Entertainment. is one of the top... LA agencies out here. Did you go to them or did they go to you? They found me. Wow. Yeah. I was referred and they... Fantastic. They brought me in and literally the next day they sent me on an audition that uh, it was a TV show that I had tested for. And what tested means, I'm trying to think of it in terms of putting it in dance. dance lingo. When you test for a TV show pilot, I would equate that to... When you booked a job and didn't book it? Sorry. No, sorry, not to say it like no, that. No, no, not that, because it's not that. And I didn't mean that in a rude way that came off wrong. Yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> Dang, it's, it's kind of in two different lanes, but essentially yeah, what you do... Yeah, when you test for a TV show pilot, for anyone who doesn't know, is basically you are... They give you your contract mm-hmm. and say... This is what you will be making per episode for the next five, six years. These are You have to work out all the things you want in your contract. Your lawyer comes in. I have a lawyer. Your lawyer comes in and says, okay, this is what she's going to need. This and her, this, da, da, da. All the things that you need if you get this show. Yeah. Okay, so all of that is orchestrated through the business management and the finance. They got everything set. Now is the final test. They put you on the final uh, record you. You're in there with the director. You're kind of, most times... You're up on like a little stage thing uh-huh. and you know, you do your scene or whatever. And then those videos go to the people at the network. Ooh. So ABC is sitting watching your tape. <laughs> you know what I mean? The head of ABC folks. And there, and it's usually between you and maybe one other person, two other people tops. It's not, this is like the last bit. Yeah. So in the actor world, if you get, if you test for a TV pilot, that's almost, it's like you booked it. Yeah. So your manager can start calling everyone else like, well, she just tested for an ABC show. So, you know, that means she's good. Yeah. You know, so imagine them bringing me in and then the next day they send me on an audition and then that Monday I'm testing for a show. They're like, that's oh, crazy. freak, what the heck? <laughs> this girl, you know what I mean? So I didn't end up getting the ABC show, but I did get the show that they sent me. Are you about afterwards. to say? Yes, um, I'm, it's it's out. I have, oh, I have a press release and stuff, so I'm on the infamous on A and E. It's yeah, it's gonna be freaking sick. We shot the pilot, and I'm just so excited for people to see this character and see what I bring to this character. Tell us about the character. 
I don't want to tell you so much no. because it's so it's gonna be so like what? So I don't want to say anything about it. I'm not gonna say anything about it actually. I feel like I'm gonna lose sleep over yeah. this. <laughs> but the show is about life in South Central LA during the early 90s right before the riots so we're dealing with the LAPD and just the the racial tension between the LAPD and the people in the community of South Central LA and just the different layers with that and what that means mm-hmm. the same producers who did OJ Simpson versus people did our, is doing our show so we're in good hands oh. yeah, yeah yeah so it's it's really cool and, and it's all exciting so yeah so those are my management I have a lawyer um, I do have a publicist for if, uh, you know, for kind of like the bigger stuff that if they want to, someone wants to interview me and such. I don't really have anyone that coaches me on things, but my publicist will be like, this is what's kind of happening now in the world, just in case someone asks you, you know, <laughs> <laughs> um, what are your thoughts on this? Like, she'll ask me first, like, well, what are your thoughts if someone asks you this? And then she'll be like, okay, well, maybe answer it like this. Um, but I would like to say that I think that my background as a dancer mm. really prepared me for all of this. Yeah. Like, I feel like just the discipline that we put to our craft and I don't know, just the, just the type of level of talent you have to have to be a dancer. I really just feel like you could do anything in all things entertainment. So when it started to, you know, being on red carpets and doing all that, it, it, it it didn't really feel like a whole big thing. I yeah. really feel like being a dancer prepped me. It was like the perfect launch pad for the career. And there's so many people who are prominent figures in this in- industry who started as dancers. You have J-Lo, of course. You have Debbie Allen. Freaking the guy who played Columbus OJ. And, and, oh, no. Not, oh. I didn't. Oh, I was going to say Columbus Short. Columbus Short. Like, you know what I mean? All these people, uh-huh. they started as dancers. You know what I mean? It's such a beautiful I thing. I love that. It's I, such a beautiful thing. It's like the world is at our fingertips, I feel, as movers. Mm-hmm. Um, just being so aware of our physicality is such a gift yeah. that people don't have. You yeah. know, we're aware. We're really aware. Um, and it's a beautiful thing. And I, and I really believe that dancers, any field that they want to go into outside of dance, I truly feel like they'll excel a lot. I love that. I love hearing that. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm not biased or mm-hmm. anything. Yeah. But of course I am. Right. Um, I, I saw that you went to Uganda, right? Yeah. Could mm-hmm. you speak just briefly about that, what that experience was like for you and your yeah. choice to go? And I know it takes a lot to also just get out of town yeah. when you're working. So. Yeah. I mean, it definitely was just, it was a mission trip. And um, I have a family member of mine, uh, shout out to the souls of my footprints, who's been going to Uganda for the past decade. Um, handing out of shoes and dental supplies to different villages out there and so I just was always like cuz I'm gonna go with you one day I promise I'm gonna go with you one day and then sure enough I was able to go with him and then when I went out there just the people that he's been connected with they knew I was coming and they knew I was a dancer so when I got there they had a whole like program ready for me it was like you're gonna be on this interview you're gonna be teaching these workshops I was like oh okay (laughs) so it, it turned into something way bigger than I thought I was just going to be going to like one you know little village and just that was it um and it turned into a whole thing and now I'm an ambassador uh, a U.S. ambassador of Breakdance Project Uganda um we're working through the technicality so I'm going to be doing things with um with the non-profit non-profit that I'm creating here so that I can raise funds for them because in Uganda they don't have uh their government doesn't fund education wow so 
you have to have money in order to send your kids to school and unfortunately not a lot of them have enough money to send their kids to school and the schools that they do have that are for free are I mean it's hard when you just see it it's hard to even see how it's it's just not fit for someone for a young child to be learning you know um, so just any, I mean, definitely a goal of mine in the next 10 years for sure, build a school out there for sure. Definitely want a performing arts school there, um, and be able to, God willing, I mean, this is just my little plan mm-hmm. right now. I don't know if it'll speak work. It. Yeah, speak but speak it. it. Yeah. I mean, so far everything I speak comes to light. I mean, really just a full blown performing arts school where we use the professionals here in the U.S. that are in college campuses, they use it as, um, they can teach in Uganda as like a, what do they call it? Um, I, when you go away to teach or like, um, uh, no, well, anyways, for them to be able to still finish their college degree. Sabbatical, if you take a break, sabbatical mm. is not the word at all. No, but where basically where they can still acquire their degree, you know, and be able to go away for a semester and teach um, and still let the credits work towards their degree. Study abroad? In a sense, yeah. Yeah, studying abroad, absolutely. But but they're studying abroad. Yeah, for right now. (laughs) But studying abroad will be them teaching. Yeah. You know, so then that way that the people, the the children of of Uganda are getting, you know, U.S., working educated professionals to really help them um, fine-tune their skills in the performing arts that's amazing um, i just think that would be so dope right so so i'm excited for this project let me know how we can support 10 years how that means 2026 see where we're at okay cool have my people call your people yeah people. you know what i mean if you're going <laughs> to come and teach a stretch and strengthening class yes in salsa you know what i mean some we still I felt hesitant to ask this, but there's something that I feel is not spoken about. When I talk to a friend, suddenly it brings a whole conversation. Have you dealt at all with, so I've dealt with what I like to call Hollywood creeps. <laughs> okay. Have you ever been offered a job or, you know, mm-hmm. someone is has an ulterior motive mm-hmm. or you go to an audition or it's not legit. Maybe you have, maybe you haven't, but mm-hmm. have you dealt with that at all? And if so, do you have any recommendations for women and men in the industry who yeah. are yeah we definitely don't want you know coco from fame was just like on the couch like crying like, <laughs> shout out fame right shout out to fame shout out to LaGuardia. uh okay so i've been very fortunate where i have been somewhat protected and i think that just kind of goes down to the simple fact that again i've been really <laughs> focusing on this since i was 14 and yeah. it's protected by a performing arts school and protected by those things i'm sure you could probably you know, say that you had a similar experience um, going to LaGuardia. And so I I never really had any of those things where someone put me in a weird position or someone was trying to con me for a job. Um, I think I, I definitely have a, a bit of street smarts, if you will, to kind of tell when mm-hmm. people are BSing. But I, I think the best thing or best piece of advice is to ask. Open your mouth. Ask the right questions or ask people that you you know, that you may know, or if you see, you know, look into the project and who you're going to be working with and people that have worked with that person, mm-hmm. you know, is, are those people legit? You know, is the rate that they're asking for or what they're asking for, does it make sense? Does it line up? And if you don't know, ask. That's the thing. I think people get themselves in situations like that because they don't ask questions and they're just being thirsty for a job or they're just being like, they just want to do something and you have to ask the 
right questions and you can't be afraid to walk away from something whether you got money in your pocket or not yeah very important you know I've been covered and I'm very grateful for that and I'm grateful for my experience of, of working out of the city before coming to LA because I feel like I that just kind of sent me, I was here with a certain bit of foundation on my back yeah. in comparison to some people who may come from I don't know Ohio to LA <laughs> Something I've run into out here, and I wish that I could say that I haven't, is when things are official and great, great, I'm good. But you do a lot of networking. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you'll meet someone and they talk about a project and they're mm-hmm. kind of trying to date you at the same time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like if I even suspect almost that you have any ulterior motive, I won't deal with you. Mm-hmm. But I had to learn the hard way. I had a director once you know, call me in through a producer mm-hmm. and he was talking about a project and then mm-hmm. he got very like suggestive mm-hmm. and I was like, hold up. And that's kind of when I had to like go back with my instinct telling me something I wasn't listening to. And I told a friend after a little while and they're like, oh, you know, I've dealt with that before. So yeah. we're speaking about those sometimes when you're out navigating yeah. in LA and like. Yeah. I, I mean, it, it's hard to call. Like I said, I've never experienced that personally, but I always just try to really just pay attention to red flags and to people's yeah. um, actions. And I try to allow people's actions to, to navigate how I'm going to respond. Yes. You know what I mean? And nine times out of 10, there's a red flag before you get to the, you know, the final loud red alarm. Yeah. Ringing. You know what I mean? There's little like, uh, you know what I mean things and also in situations like that bring somebody with you who even whether they're your manager or agent or not oh this is my manager mm. don't go places alone especially if you're meeting someone for the first time or whatever the case may be yeah you know I've had people reach out to me about opportunities that I've met somewhere in a networking space and I know he actually DM'd me on Instagram and I, like I said I had met him at the thing he seemed like a cool guy and I said if you have any opportunities for me you have to email my manager Mm. period and that's how I protect myself you know and so you make up a friend that's your manager like if you know what I'm saying if if that's what you have to do to protect yourself and you know if you're feeling weary about that because when people have to go that extra mile yeah you know what I mean if all they want is if if their intention is not real they're not going to want to go that extra mile then you're not going to hear from them Mm -hmm. you know what I mean yeah, I like that. Yeah. I've heard about the fictitious manager before. Why not? I'll be a manager or something. Give me my email. If you have to, if you need Thanks, a fake Michelle. manager. <laughs> Thanks, Michelle. You're going to be like, what the hell? I'll be like, I represent her. But, you know, and I'll just pretend like I know what I'm talking about. But I, have, I might low-key know what I'm talking about, though. You know what I mean? I haven't dealt with that in a long yeah. time, but it's... It, yeah, it, it happens. Yeah, it's disheartening, and, and it makes you feel like you can't get happy about a, a, an yes. opportunity that is authentic. But, you know, the thing is, is right, asking the right questions. No matter what the opportunity is. Okay, who's the producer? Who's this? Who's the work with? Go on IMDB. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of information there. Or a good old Instagram, Google. Yeah. You know, see who they know, who knows them. But even some legit people can be creeps. The creepy. You can be excited about meeting whoever, and they up here trying to rub on your thigh. I thank God that has never happened to me. But I think also the energy that I put out is that you're not gonna push over. Mm-hmm. I'm not a pushover. Um, so I, I think just people just know not to try it. If I've gotten older, it's yeah, it's not like a major thing. It's just mm-hmm. that once in a while when that happens, I'm like, okay, what, what's happening? Mm-hmm. What do I need to do? Is there a time you've almost given up? No. Okay. What's a normal day like for you if you're not on a project? Um, well, I'll 
think about my week. Okay, so I work out with a trainer a couple of days out of the week. Awesome. Um, so I definitely try to get up, get my day started with some type of physical activity, or at least some type of physical activity for at some point in the day I try mm-hmm. as much as I can. I definitely... I feel like in the earlier parts of my career, I was just so focused on being a dancer and being in the dancing that I let some adult responsibilities go by the wayside. And so I definitely make sure that I'm taking more accountability for those type of things, you know, student loans Mm -hmm. for, you know, if I get a parking ticket, if I have to go to the court, this or that, whatever, just being more on top of those adult things that I feel like I'm just being transparent and it's my truth. So I ain't no shame in my game. Um, (laughs) You know, just being more mature in those areas you know recently I just had a meeting with an accountant for a business manager who's going to help me with my you know my business stuff and my finances as I continue to grow and create have more of a gross income you know I need someone who's smart who knows what they're doing and who I can come to and who can break things down for me so yeah that and then just work uh, really also just figuring out my entrepreneurship and my passions and my little projects that I have um, I also have a mentorship that I... I want yeah, to ask you yeah. about that. Tell us about that. Yeah, so I have a mentorship called You Are Next, and it's a four-week uh, mentorship, and it pretty much builds up uh, anybody, not just anyone in entertainment, um, but anyone to understand that the level of their success depends on how you view yourself. Mm-hmm. And so throughout uh, the four weeks, um, it, it the four weeks parallel the evolution of a butterfly so each week you're going from stage to stage right and so within each week there's different assignments that help just build you up in terms of the things you want to do and solidify the things that you want to do so then by the end of the the four weeks you have a plan for your entire year you have your five-year plan you have a 10-year plan you have a business plan you have done a to-do list every day that you've had to turn into me you've read certain reading assignments that I've assigned certain listening assignments that I've assigned something just like personal uh, self-worth building you're off social media for the first three weeks uh you know it's definitely just fully emerging yourself into you and understanding your your strength in the core of who you are and writing down your your bad habits and the things you need to you know uh take a look at in your life because these type knowing these type of things will get you to understand possibly why you're not where you need to be Ooh. and all of the everything that i put in this mentorship I have I realized how I even started it was because this is what I've been doing myself over the past, you know, not eight, nine years that I've been working professionally, you know, and it came to a time where I was like, okay, you know, what's a way that I can use a gift that I have to help people make a little money on the side too, but make it affordable, but most importantly, help people. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I want to start my own mentorship program, but I knew I had to do a curriculum. So I really sat down for about a month and just really created a curriculum. Yeah. And so um, I've had mentees here in L.A. I've had mentees in Texas. I've had mentees in New York. And I grew and and I do a soft push of it because I want to attract the right people. I know I could easily like blow up, you know, and and just be posting all types of stuff. But then I would run myself crazy because yeah. I'm very one on one with my mentorship. Every week we have a progression meeting and we talk. Or if you're in LA, we're sitting down and we're talking about all the assignments that I gave you. So it's, it takes a lot out of me too, you, yeah. you know. Um, so I can't even bring on a lot of people like that anyway. So I do like a soft push, like once a month I'll do like a little post about it you know what I mean mm-hmm. then I kind of disappear with it because again I just want to attract the right people 
and I want my mentees to feel like they're in a program where it's not about me saying I'm your mentor. Yeah. So if I vaguely even say who's my mentee or who's in my mentorship, and I do that very purposely because I, I, I need people to understand that it is you and what the universe has given you that's going to get you to where you are. And then there's certain people that are going to help you along the way, i.e. myself and the people who's helped me. But ultimately, it's you. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not about me. It's not me saying like, oh, G was my mentee and now she's this amazing person because of me. And I never want anyone who's a mentee of mine to feel that way, mm. you know? Um, so yeah, it's kind of like my little side baby. That's a great opportunity. Yeah. That's a wonderful, and how can, yeah. how can people find you for that? Yeah, they can email you are next at michellemitchener.com. So it's properly spelled W-O-R-A. Everything's properly spelled. Um, and it's my first I misspell things on purpose all the time. Yeah, no, I totally get it. But no, I'm I'm too grown for that. (laughs) (laughs) Especially if it's a professional business. I can't be like you with the U and the R with a letter R. Like, you're going to be like, oh, okay. Uh, No, it's you are next um, at michellementron.com. And then they can just email me and say that they're interested. And I do a complimentary um, consultation first because Mm -hmm. I like to know who I could potentially be working with and if I feel like the energy is off I don't work with them Mm -hmm. that's important yeah I think it's important to know how to you know for all of us who have our own businesses and coaching Mm -hmm. to also know when it's not a good fit yeah and I'm sure you know yeah it's it's important yeah so it's my baby and and I absolutely love it and I have typically about one or two mentees a month and I like it like that um especially as my schedule does get more and more busy that's great think- and then auditioning yeah I audition a lot how uh, yeah. <laughs> how do you navigate I know sometimes for auditions that get up and go feel mm-hmm. for me especially as I'm starting out um, I've been doing like more commercial yeah um, I have an anxiety about it mm-hmm. do you ever get that or like I don't know when I'm gonna have to drop everything or how do you kind of have it flow mm, no I try not to <laughs> I try I used to yeah I try not to because again I just I'm in such a solid place of understanding that what's going to be is going to be case of Rasarah. Like, it is what it is. You know what I mean? Our, I truly believe our life is planned out before we have even been created. So that helps me. Now that I really actually believe that, <laughs> yeah, it helps me put less stress on things. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Now, don't get me wrong. I still be on my knees praying for what I want. Yeah. But <laughs> I'm not saying I don't. But it helps me just remain calm. I love that. Yeah. I love that so much because it gives a nice confidence and groundedness. Yeah, and you can walk into a room feeling good. Like, listen, you need me. I'm the talent. You know, you're searching for what I what I got or what somebody else in this room got. You know yeah. what I mean? And I'm just going to come in here. I'm going to book the room. At, at minimum, book the room and let you become a fan of my work, whether you book me or not. That's always my goal. Um, so that's something that I I make it a point to do. I love that. Even in dance classes, like if you're taking class or something, book the room. And it's not a show-off thing, and it's not saying that you got to be called out or nothing, but book the room. Someone's going to see you. Someone's going to notice that fire and that extra bit of tenacity that you're putting into your work. I love it. Yeah. Teachers see it. They see it. They pay attention. Anything else that you'd like to promote? Anything that we didn't speak about? I guess just to... Stay up with me on, you know, the whole social media things. You can just find me at my name, 
First and last name Michelle Michinor. Um, Can you spell it out? We'll have it written on the podcast, but just in case. Yeah, Michelle with two L's, and then my last name is M I T C H E N O R. And yeah, just look out for me, me and my two friends. We do have a talk show called On the Come Up, where we interview individuals who are, you know, on the come up in any field and are definitely on the brink of, of becoming the it person in their particular Ooh. field. So we try to like grab them and, and have them sit on our couch and talk to them. And so you could check that out on YouTube. You could just simply type in on the come up BGR and you'll see all of our episodes from season one. We're going to start um, season two soon. And our seasons are in the summer. Mm-hmm. So that's like our season. And Stay tuned for the infamous on A and E. I mean, it won't be until twenty seventeen, but at least you can. Do it. I'm gonna mark <laughs> but, my calendar. Yeah. but you know, again, stay up with me on social media so you can just kind of see what that's about and, and how it's going. And you know, I'm just gonna put this out there. I want to do a film, so hopefully, look out for me shooting a film this summer. I'm just putting it out there. I love the putting it out there. Yeah. Those are so much fun. Yeah. So I'm really excited for this movie that we're gonna see. Yeah. Why not? <laughs> If there's something that you can be remembered for um, in the dance field and in the acting field, Mm -hmm. what would you like that to be? Um, How I made people feel about themselves when they met me. I get that. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's just in life, you know, in whatever, wherever I am, people to feel empowered about themselves. Hopefully my path in this world will allow someone to be like, oh, well, shoot, well, let me do that then. You know what I mean? Because I don't come from connections. Nothing's ever been handed to me. I don't come from an easy background. You know, my parents just had, you know, <laughs> endless amount of money. Yeah. Um, no one in my in my family is in the arts. You know, so I, I, I really am just that very fortunate person. And I really feel like anyone can be that, or, you know, so. And really hardworking. I want to acknowledge that. You know, every time I met you, you're always coming from somewhere and going somewhere. <laughs> it's so funny because it's so true. <laughs> I, I relate to it. I love it. I respect it. And it's very, I think it's, um, there's something almost vulnerable about it. Yeah. Like you're not too good to work hard. Right. Yeah. And I think that, you know, you've, you've gone to college. Mm. You like just hearing about the way that you're trying to pay three classes a day in voice and acting mm. class. Um, you're out here and you've you've been moving up and you've also just been putting in the work mm-hmm. and he, hearing you know I myself like I remember when I wanted to get into acting and then I want to get into dancing mm-hmm. and I had no connections and we yeah. don't come from money yeah. so and you just I mean not that if you have that that's not a bad thing but to yeah. hear that like you can do it yeah is really great and that you're gonna have your days that are difficult you're gonna have your car break down you're mm-hmm. gonna work that call center yeah. you know it's just yeah. really, it's very human, and it mm-hmm. makes it accessible. So I Absolutely. wanted to thank you for speaking so openly and yeah. honestly and generously. Yeah. And, you know, when I hear sometimes, like, in the dance world or in the industry, like, mm-hmm. everyone's out there for themselves, I'm like, no. There are really great people. Yeah, and you're yeah. one of them. Thank you. You're so open to sharing your gifts, so yeah. thank you. Of course, thank you for having me, and I just, I just pray that anyone that, is constantly or continuously listening to your podcast that they are moved and inspired by what you're doing thank you um as you know i think it's incredible that you're doing this just out of you know the <laughs> generosity of your heart you know oh, and you. paying it forward will be 
reward for you. Not that you're even looking for it, but it's going to be a reward for this you. This is fun for me. I, I get like, you know, in LA to get an hour plus. Of someone's time is yeah. tough. Yeah. It's tough, but you know, you. I do things that I feel that matter. You know what I mean? Yeah. I can, I can definitely say that. Like, if it matters and it makes sense, then I'm going to do it. You Thank know? you. Yeah.